Welcome to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church, Springfield, Tennessee. Listen now as we join our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests as they give biblical insight into your toughest theological questions as we explore the Bible together. I'm so thankful. Thank you, Abby. Thank you, worship team, for what you're doing each and every Sunday in these unparalleled and unprecedented times that we are living in. Forgive me for the wind noise, but I'm going to get up here where the wind, where you can see me and the wind can just get a hold to my hair. I got the vitamin D intake valve open for business today. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew, and I want us to look at chapter 13 of the book of Matthew, verses 18 through 23 this morning. Matthew chapter 13, verses 18 through 23 this morning. Marshall, adjust the camera. I'm coming down just a little bit. Y'all know I'm petrified up here, don't you? Huh? But God didn't give us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of great power. Come on, come on. Can y'all still see me all right? All right, good, 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 good. Matthew chapter 13, verses 18 through 23, as we really begin a new sermon series that I've entitled this morning, The Need of Our Nation. I think it's fitting and proper. We just take a few moments, maybe a few weeks, and we just adjust uh, the circumstances that we are facing, the, 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 the reality and the seriousness of the situation that we're in. Ladies and gentlemen, we are living in some unparalleled and unprecedented times in the life of our nation and really throughout the world. And I believe that God is doing something in this. I believe that as we found ourselves in the middle of an epidemic, as we found ourselves in the middle of a pandemic that's literally shut the whole world down, the world is now polarized and the world is now paralyzed and literally God has brought us to our knees. I want you to understand something this morning, that that position on our knees is exactly where God has allowed us to get. And I believe there's some specific reasons why He has us on our knees. I believe that God is is doing something in the midst of bringing us to our needs uh, to our knees there he is showing us our greatest need and i want you to understand that our greatest need in this nation the greatest need in our lives the greatest need in our community the greatest need in our state the greatest need in the entire world is king jesus christ being king of the nation being king of the world but sitting on the throne room of your very heart Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is showing us, captivating our attention to express our greatest need. And that is Him being primary and first place in our life and in the life of the world that we live in. The question becomes this morning, as He shows and expresses our greatest need, the question becomes, what are you going to do? You see, I believe that God is resetting society. I believe that's why we find ourselves in such unparalleled and unprecedented times because God is doing a thing. Come on, He's doing a thing. And that thing He is doing is giving us a redo and a restart in life. What are you going to do now that you know what our greatest need is? Now that God has your attention, what will you do with Him and for him today. Matthew chapter 
13, verses 18 through 23, as we give thought this morning to a sermon that I've entitled, Seed and Soils. Seed and Soils. It's not hard on a day like today to begin thinking about seed and soil. It's not hard on a day like today. Listen, if we're going to be quarantined, I'd much rather be quarantined and sheltered in place on days like today where I can at least get out on the front porch or the back porch, amen, when I can get out there in the yard and tool around. I know you're excited about getting out there in the yard and being able to listen to enjoy it. He's given us four straight beautiful days with beautiful weather, and praise God, we have taken the opportunity to just rejoice in it. I hope that you have. It's beautiful out here today. It's beautiful yesterday. And I hope and pray that you take advantage and just give the Lord thanks for what He's doing. I mean, it's rained all winter long, and boy, how miserable would it be that we'd be quarantined in the middle of a rainstorm all day. So I'm just grateful for every little thing. I'm finding everything in these days to be grateful for, aren't you? Hey, hey! I'm finding everything I can just to be grateful and thankful for every day because He's showing us something new. Every, every day. But when we think about seed and souls, now listen, don't let me get your appetite wet. Let me get an appetite wet for the Word of God, Brother Bob, but don't let me, don't let me uh, get their appetite for this seed and souls in terms of going today. All right, look at me. I've already said this once, but I believe it warrants again. I don't know that shelter in place means shelter at the low. I don't want to get your appetite wet so that you happen to stop by. I don't want you to stop anywhere on the way home today. I want you to go straight home and eat you a bite of dinner and then get out in the yard. But don't stop anywhere. And listen, Lowe's is not the land of Goshen. I think we got some kind of idea that Lowe's is the land of, like there's a supernatural cavern over there. 10,000 people at Lowe's is not exactly what the county had in mind when they said, don't leave your house. Lowe's is still going to have that stuff. Now listen, I don't want to hurt Lowe's business, but I'm trying to keep people safe. You know what I'm saying? So just shelter in place. They still going to have some plants when this thing is over. You ain't got to go buy them up like you have the toilet paper. It's still funny. I don't care where, who you are and who you're listening. I want you to know that's still funny. It's still funny. I still ain't figured out what toilet paper got to do with the epidemic. Nevertheless, Matthew chapter 13, 18 through 23. Well, when we think about seed and souls, I've told you I've learned some things through this pandemic. I've learned some things, and I, I've been experimenting and experiencing even new things during this time. I told you last week that uh, I'm toying with the idea of planting a garden. I told you I, I, I opened up my mindset and really opened up my taste buds to even tasting a few vegetables this last week. I'm telling you, there's a reason why I didn't eat them before. I still don't like them. But I figured this, if I'm going to grow a garden, I better, Jimmy, I better learn how to eat something from it. All right, y'all with me? But I got to studying, Brother Bob. I got to studying, Leslie, about this gardening, okay? And I got, I had to go back to my college days. You may or may not know this, but I, when I went to Austin P, I I got a degree in agriculture. I never thought I'd use it in ministry. Never thought. But I pulled out some of the old papers and some of the old textbooks because I wanted to just uh, freshen up on my mindset about seeding, soiling, and, 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 and harvesting, and the yield of the harvest, and all of that. And you know one thing that I 
had known, and one thing that you know too, but you may not know it in the specifics. But when it comes to growing anything, now look at me. When it comes to growing, I have no idea if you're looking at me or not. Flash your headlights or something. Well, make sure you're listening. I ain't got but another 10, 15, 45 minutes to go. Something like that. All right? But here's the deal. When it comes to garden, let's just take garden. If we're going to plant a seed in the ground, here's one thing that we have to understand about the seed. Okay? When it comes to garden, it's not hard because you're going to get a seed for whatever plant that you want to produce and a, a yield to come. And with that seed, 99% of the time, 99.9%, almost 100% perfection in its germination. That means that the seed, 99.9% of the time, never fails. But if we're going to produce a crop, if we're going to produce a harvest, then it's not the seed that's important. Or it's absolutely important, but it's not imperative. It's the type of soil that you put the seed in that's going to determine the yield of the crop. Let me say that again. The seed itself, almost perfect, almost perfection in terms of its ability to germinate. The seed doesn't fail. But if we're going to produce a crop, it all matters. Everything is dependent upon the soil that we place the seed in. Do you understand this morning that that's how it works in our spiritual life? Hey, hey! I want you to understand this morning that it works the same way in our spiritual life. Jesus in Matthew chapter 13 told a story about the seed and the souls. And in this he illustrates the fact that the seed itself, that God has planted a seed all over mankind. And it's not the seed that would ever fail. That seed is perfect 100% in its germination. But it all depends on what it's going to produce based on the soul that it gets in. Based on the soul that it sits in. Jesus in this passage of scripture really gives us four types of soil that the seed could go in. The seed of the gospel. That life-changing message of the gospel is the seed that God has planted. But what it does in our life depends upon the soil that it rests upon. Today in this passage of Scripture, I'm going to give you the four types of soul. The four types of soul that's indicative of all mankind. The four types of soul that is represented in this parking lot today. The four types of soul that's indicative and representative of those watching at home by way of electronic and technological means. Today I give you the four types of soul. And here's the thing. You've got to figure out which type you are. And which type of soul you want to be. Matthew chapter 13 beginning in verse 18. Going down to verse 23. And today I give you four spiritual souls. Indicative of mankind's spiritual condition. I hope you write this down. I hope that you have a pen and a piece of paper this morning. You're going to need it for not only notes, but at the end I'm going to give you some instruction about what you can do in order to make a spiritual decision. Four spiritual souls, indicative of mankind's spiritual condition. Beginning in verse 18 of Matthew 13. Jesus said, as Jesus is explaining this parable, He's already told the parable, and none of His disciples understood what He was talking about, so He broke it down for them, and here is the breakdown. He said, Hear then the parable of the sower. 
When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, and the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart, this is the one on whom seed was sown on the soil beside the road. The one whom seed was sown on the rocky places. This is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no firm root in itself, and his response is only temporary. And when something better comes along, or when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man, this is the person who hears the word, but the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word out and it becomes unfruitful. And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit, bringing glory to God our Father. The Bible says that my Father, Jesus said in John 15, 8, my Father is glorified in this, that you would bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. He indeed bears fruit and brings forth some hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Father, lay out these souls and let us choose which one we want to be. Move on us this morning. Move in our hearts. Bring us to decision today, an eternal decision, that every single one of us that are parked here in the parking lot, Father, are watching, every single one of us will have to make a decision today about our soul. And God, I pray, somebody be saved. There's so many. God, there's so many that's not saved. Right now. And they have no idea what's going on in the world. They have no hope. They're scared to death of the coronavirus. They're scared to death of economics and financial situation and difficulty. Because they have nowhere to turn. But God, I pray they turn to you. And Father, there's so many of the saved in this parking lot and watching by way of internet. They've been saved salt and bought by your precious blood but they've been an entrapment of the enemy God you get, you're bringing us to decision right now we can either stay there be set free who the sun sets free is free indeed oh free some today take your word Use it for your own glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Yes, yes. I'm giving you four spiritual soils indicative of mankind's spiritual condition. The first spiritual soil indicative of mankind's spiritual condition is the soil, write this down, of roadside rejectors. The soul of roadside rejectors. Hear then the parable of the sower. When, the, when anyone, in verse 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, 
the evil one will come and snatch away that seed. It'll snatch it away because it's not hidden in the ground. It's just laying on top of the ground because the seed did not, uh, uh, the soil did not accept the seed. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, the gospel, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. And this is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. Ladies and gentlemen, the category that Jesus is describing right here. Literally the, 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 the category of mankind, if you will. These roadside rejectors. This is indicative of every single person on the planet that ever has been on the planet, is now or will to come, who has not accepted Jesus Christ. Now I want you to look at me. I want you to listen to me because there are many gathered on this parking lot today. And God, as I've already said, God is resetting society. He's given us a second opportunity to look and to do things differently from this point on. I pray today that you would hear what the Word of God says and today that you'd be willing to heed what the Word of God says because the, the Gospel even today, if you're in this place or watching by way of internet and you've never heard the Gospel, the fact that Jesus Christ loves you. He loves you enough that, that the Bible says in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. I want you to know today this is what God is offering. This is the opportunity. And the Bible says today is the day of salvation. But those whom Jesus is describing here in this passage, the very first category, the very first soul, in terms of mankind are those who have never been saved. Those who hear the Word and reject it, much like a, an unconducive soul will reject the seed. I was spreading seed on my yard the other day, taking advantage of the opportunity in the springtime and doing a little overseeding on the yard. I did not go buy new seed, by the way. I did not go to the Lowe's or any other hardware place. I just had it from last year. Come on. But as I was overseeding, many of those seeds fell on my concrete driveway, Brother Bob. And when they fell on the concrete driveway, guess what? That driveway is not a conducive soil, so it did not take the seed in. So when later on, when I got the blower out, and I began to blow off the driveway, guess what happened to that seed? It just got whisked away in the wind. It did not take a firm root. The seed was rejected. And friend, I'm telling you, if you're tuning in today, or if you're in this parking lot today, and we're making much of the name of Jesus, we've sung about Jesus all morning, well, you've got a clear understanding who He is and the fact that He died on an old rugged cross, was buried on the third day, God raised Him from the dead. And in that, it's life. It's called the gospel. And Paul says that the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who's willing to believe. If you're here today and you still got life in your body, you still got breath in your lungs, today you can receive Jesus and you can become a child of God and you can allow the gospel to permeate your life and set you free. But friend, listen to me today. If you are a roadside rejecter today, 
Understand that you're making a bold declaration this morning. You're making a bold declaration of what you're going to do today and possibly for the rest of your life. I don't have time to get into my theology about the number of opportunities that you may receive to be saved. I'm just telling you today is the day. But if you and the gospel, if it does not permeate your heart today, understand you're making a bold declaration that you do not want to be a child of God. And therefore, if you're not a child of God, then you are an enemy of God. And you are declaring yourself at war against Almighty God. Friend, I want you to understand you're no match for our God. You're no match for the God of the universe. You don't even have a solution to the coronavirus. How do you think you're going to win a war against God? But make no, never mind. Make no mistake about it today. If you say no. And God brought you here so that you could say yes. I want you to understand. The furthest part of God's agenda is for you to be at war and at odds with Him today. He wants you. He so wants you to be His child today. But you have to make that decision. He's already made His. That's why He laid down His life for you. But the decision is yours. Friend, you came in. A roadside rejecter. But I promise you by the time I get to the fourth soul today, that's the category you want to be in. And you have the opportunity today. Accept the gospel. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. You can be saved today. That brings me to a second soul today. A second soul indicative of mankind. Not only are there roadside rejectors, but a second spiritual soul indicative of mankind's spiritual condition is the soul of rocky receivers. The soul of rocky receivers. Look at verse 20. Uh, verse 20. The one on whom the seed was sown on the rocky places. This is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Look at me. I want you to understand there are many people represented today in this category. And we must move out of this category because it's a dangerous place to be. The man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet it has no firm root in him. It's only temporary. And when other things come, affliction or persecution, maybe if you would allow me the liberty, anything better comes along. If it comes in our life, arises because of the Word, immediately, He falls away. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe, unfortunately, this has a lot to do in terms with the souls represented across the world today. Much of what we see inside church, you know who Jesus is describing in this passage of Scripture? Jesus is describing those who have made a spiritual decision. Now, I want you to look at me right here. You have to look at me because I'm doing some air quotes. Are you looking at me? Can you see me? These are people who have made a spiritual decision in their life. 
at some point in time in their life when they heard the gospel and what Jesus was willing to do for them, immediately they received it with joy. They were so excited. These are the people who have incorporated and desired fire insurance in their life. And they've accepted, look at me, they've accepted Jesus as Savior, but they have rejected Him as Lord. Friends, I want you to understand. I want you to understand here today, you either get all of Jesus. There's no 50% Jesus. There's no Lord and Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And He's either Lord of all or He is not Lord at all. There are many people here today and Satan has so deceived them into thinking that they're saved and that they're okay. But the Bible says that we accept Jesus in His entirety. These are people that, that what was offered sounded good. That maybe Jesus was some kind of get out of trouble free card. Maybe Jesus was some kind of magic pill that would make all their trouble go away. So they received what somebody was offering. They received the gospel that a preacher or perhaps a Sunday school teacher, a vacation Bible school teacher was offering it sometime. But yet it never took firm root in their life. And their life never changed. Friend, you may be asking, boy, I hope that I'm not in that category today because I've made a spiritual decision. But we don't have to guess. Oftentimes we make this thing hard. You say, Pastor, how could I know if I'm in that category? How could I know if I've made a spiritual decision but I'm not really saved? All we got to do is go to the Bible. The Bible is our guide. The Bible tells us exactly the characteristics of what a true believer looks like. The Bible says by this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 through 5. Well, let me go back to 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, because this is where it's nailed down. He said, children, these things I write unto you so that you may know that you have eternal life. You don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. This isn't a guessing game. God has given us the facts of salvation. Salvation is not based on feeling. Salvation is based on the fact of the gospel and whether you have truly accepted or not. But how do you know? What does a believer look like? What is somebody who is, who is truly a follower of Christ? The Bible says this. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. By this we know that we have come to know Him. In other words, John is saying, by this we know that we're saved if we keep His commandments. The one who says, I'm saved and does not give thought to the Word of God. The one who says, I'm saved and does not keep God's commandments. The one who says, I am saved and does not do obedience to the Word of God is a liar. Oh, I'm just a messenger. God is the one who wrote that. I'm just a messenger. But let us take it serious this morning to understand that we can know whether or not a person's saved. Friend, if you want to know if you're saved or not, does your life and the actions of your life look like what the Bible says it ought to? Has there been a change in your life since you made your spiritual decision? 
Because when we truly get saved, the Holy Spirit of God comes and takes up residence in our life. And there He guides us every moment of every day. Literally molding us in the image of Jesus. How much closer do you look to Jesus? How much closer do you look like Jesus? How much closer do you look like the Word of God than you did before you made the decision? And if there been no... Look at me. If there has been no change... You have no reason to believe you're saved. Now, I'm not talking about sinless perfection. I'm not talking about sinless perfection today, even though that ought to be the scribe of our life. When we get out of bounds, it ought to be an exception rather than the rule of our life. But friend, listen to me today. The Bible says, No one who is born of God, 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, No one who is born of God practices sin because... God's seed abides in him, and he cannot practice overtly and continually, willfully, walk on the outside of the boundaries of the Word of God. Friend, maybe today you're a rocky receiver. Maybe today the seed that fell, fell on thorny ground. And today I'm inviting you under the authority of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God who's speaking to you now to give your life to Jesus and get this thing right once and for all. A third, a third spiritual soul indicative of mankind's spiritual condition is the soul of sedentary supporters. Sedentary Supporters. Let me give you an easier word to write down. How about this? It doesn't have it doesn't have uh well, whatever I use right here. Alliteration. It doesn't have alliteration. But how about lukewarm believers? And friend, I want you to listen to me. Because I promise you today, I believe God has done what he has done. And God has allowed what He's allowed to wake the church up to the fact that most of us are operating in the church of Laodicea. The church of lukewarm believers. Look at verse 22. And the one on whom the seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the Word and the worry of the world. All get caught up in the world. And the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word and that person becomes unfruitful in the kingdom of God. Friend, I want you to listen to me when I say this. This category is indicative of folks who truly got saved but have been deceived. Hey, hey! Folks who truly have been saved. They've given their life to Jesus. It was not an emotional response. It was a true heartfelt response. And Jesus became not only Lord, I mean not only Savior, but Lord also. And they strive. And they set out to strive to live their life. But along the way, this enemy, our adversary the devil, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, our adversary the devil, like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, and he found easy prey. And unfortunately, he has found many that are easy prey. As a matter of fact, he's found most of God's people that are easy prey. 
And although these people have a personal relationship with Jesus, they've been lured in by the, by, by the old tactics of the enemy. Who lures us in like a moth to a flame. Who lures us in like flies to a rib roast. And he's made everything out here. I want you to look at me. He's made everything out here in this world so attractive. And as a result of that, he's literally made the mission and the, and, and the church, the movement of God's people, he's literally left the church impotent in society. The church is the salt and the light of the universe. But yet we become irrelevant in this culture. You know why? Because the church looks no different than the culture that we live in. There should be a separation. God said be holy because I am holy. Be set apart because I am set apart. But we're not set apart. We look like everybody else. They see no distinction. And it's because of the soul of the sedentary supporter. We support the gospel. We love the gospel. We just don't do anything with the gospel. Friend, I want you to understand according to Revelation chapter 3 that God said this part, this soul of the human condition, this is, this is the part. He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but being lukewarm in your Christianity makes me want to puke. Friend, I believe God is doing what He's doing right now to give us another opportunity to get it right. We've been so caught up in the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth. Oh, here in America, I believe this is the message that we need to hear. Friend, we've been so caught up in the rigmarole. We've been out here. We, we've been deceived by the enemy and thinking that it's things that are going to bring us fulfillment. It's things of this world. Material things that's going to bring us joy and happiness. And we've been out there right alongside of our lost friends. Just making all we can and spending all we make. This is why we find ourselves in such a perilous time right now. Financially. This is why we see ourselves so, this is why you were so relieved when the government passed that bill that's going to put a check in your hand. Because we've not been good stewards. And we've taken for, for granted what God has allowed us to have. And we've gone out here and we've spent all that we may. And now when the rainy day comes, we have none in the reserve. Shame on us as God's people. But he's getting us a reset. He's allowing us a redo. He said you can't serve two masters. And I'm going to have you choose today. From Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. Jesus said. I'm going to let you choose today. Which God you're going to serve. You can't serve both God and money. You have to choose. And you get to choose today. We've been in so enthralled with the deceit uh, and so drawn away by all the wealth and the money. And literally it's caused us to be unfruitful. We brought no glory and honor to our Father. 
Jesus said, my Father is glorified in this, that you bear fruit, so much fruit, and you so proved to be my disciples. But we've been too busy trying to take up all the world's goods. We've not, we've not been fruitful for the kingdom of God. Friend, God has given us a redo. And I want you to understand it's only by the grace and mercy of God. He owes us nothing. He's given us Jesus. But even in this redo, we seek God's grace and mercy. Look at me when I say this. If you think that check of $1,200 per, per individual file or adult file that's coming if you made under $100,000, $1,200 a piece and $500 for your dependent. Look at me. If you think that check came from Donald J. Trump, our president, if you think that check came from Nancy Pelosi or any of the House and Senate, if you think that check came from our government, I want you to understand that was a provision for you from the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to see what you're going to do with it this time. He's going to test you. He's going to see if we're going to continue to live like 96% of Americans have lived over the past two decades. Paycheck to paycheck. He's going to see if you're going to be a good steward of it this time. He's going to see what you're going to do with that check when the offering plate comes around or you drive back. He's going to see what kind of steward. Are we going to put God first? He's going to see how much of that check you're going to put in the bank as a savings account to begin an emergency fund so that you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. And when the washing machine goes out, you don't have to go buy a brand new set and put it on 96 months worth of credit payments in order to pay for it. Maybe you can just hire a repairman to come over there for $150 and fix the machine you got. Maybe he's going to teach you how to spend your money this time. Instead of being up in debt up to our eyeballs out here. And then when we lose our job or the threat of losing a job, it puts us in such despair and agony because we have not followed the Lord Jesus Christ and His prescription for our finances. Let me tell you something, church. And I want to tell all of you watching by way of internet today, I don't care what church you belong to, but let me tell you something. You may be among the group that's the majority of the church and you're not a tither, giving 10%. Jesus said, maybe you're in the category of being a thief like Jesus said in Matthew chapter, uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 10. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. You say, how do we rob you? In tithes and in offerings. And maybe you're here today and you're not a tither. Maybe you're here today you're not a giver at all. Maybe you're here today you're in that category of tipper. God's not interested in a tip. But let me challenge you today, church. And I challenge you for those watching at home. When you get that check that came from the Lord through the provision of our government, I would be faithful with the tithe to your local church. I would recognize where your help comes from. Because your help doesn't come from the president. Your help comes from the Lord. And today we learn how to move from the deception of wealth. 
and the deception and of the enemy and thinking that wealth is what's going to bring us happiness. Joy and fulfillment. Let me tell you what brings joy and fulfillment. Are you listening? Seek me first, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek me first, and my kingdom's ruin your life, and I'll add all these things unto you. You don't even have to seek it for yourself. God will bring it. Exactly what He wants you to have. That's where our life is fulfilled. Today, it's time for the lukewarm church to get off its blessed assurance and start producing fruit for the kingdom of God. He's given us a perfect platform. The question today is, friend, what are you going to do from this point forward? Many of you are watching today. Many of you are in our parking lot today. You're not even a member of a church. Shame on you. How are you going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ if you're not part of a local church? If I was you in that category today, when the invitation comes, I would respond. And whether it be a Grace Baptist Church or any of the churches across our community or any of the churches across our nation today, I would find a church today and I would join that church. And today, I would make my declaration that I'm no longer a lukewarm believer. A fourth and final spiritual soul indicative of mankind in our spiritual condition. The fourth and final is reward recipients. Look at verse 23. And friend, listen, if you hadn't already picked up on it, this is the category you want to be in. Listen how to get there. And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soul. This is the man who hears the word and understands it. Who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Let me tell you something, friend. I say this in closing today. This thing's almost over. I'm not talking about the pandemic. I'm talking about life and the world as we know it. I believe that Jesus is resetting society because He's getting ready to come. The question becomes, when He comes, what kind of soul will He find in you? The good soul. We're going to all stand in judgment. If you're here today and you're in the first two categories, your judgment is going to be a judgment of sin to which you cannot stand. God will not allow sin into His heaven. And the only way to wash sin away is by the blood of Jesus. If you've never been saved, you're not going to get in heaven. You'll spend eternity in hell. That's your judgment. But if you're here today and you've been saved, and maybe you find yourself in one of the final two categories. Friend, there's only one you want to be found in, and that's the good soul. We're all going to stand. If you're here today and you're a believer in Jesus, you're part of the true church, understand there's going to be a judgment for you too, not a judgment of your sin. That was paid for at the cross, but a judgment of your service. What you did and did not do, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, in the body of Christ. And you know what Brother Johnny said? There's some who believe they're part of the church, but Jesus said, not everyone 
who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter. But here's the deal. For the last two categories, for those of you who are Christian here today, we're under a misnomer. We've been deceived by the enemy to believe that everybody's going to hear those words, those faithful words of Jesus, well done and good and faithful servant. If you did nothing for the kingdom of God, He's not going to tell you well done. So today, friend, listen. He's resetting everything to give us another opportunity. The question is, what are you going to do with the opportunity this morning? What are you going to do? Everything is reset. Perhaps even you today, one of you in this parking lot or one of you watching, you may be the whole pursuit of God. He may have, he may have allowed a whole coronavirus just to get one person's attention. Don't, don't put it past God. He owns the whole universe. Here's what I want you to know. He did it for you because He loves you. And He's allowed all of us to benefit. Notice I said benefit. Of His restructuring, resetting. So that we can restructure our lives. It's time today, right now, for the lost to be saved. And the saved to get serious. Father, we love You this morning. I didn't want you so moved right now. Lord, I might have embellished a little bit when I said I couldn't see whether they were looking at me or not. There's many I can. And even in the cars right now, there's tears flowing because they know what soil they're in and where they need to be. Lord, I pray even during this invitation, that they would respond. Even right now, they can talk to a live person. They can text. We're going to call them throughout the afternoon. Lord, thank you for the two decisions we had last week, just through the week. Father, I pray today that thousands would be made. I pray that every single one of us watching and hearing today that this will be the first day in the rest of our lives. You made your choice. Let us make ours now. Give us the faith to say yes to what you're offering. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to We Found Another Hour with your host, Dr. Steve Freeman, a ministry and podcast of Grace Baptist Church of Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about becoming a follower of Christ, we'd love to have that conversation. Please contact us at 615-384-3393. For other questions or information regarding Grace Baptist Church or its affiliates, write to us via email, podcast at gbcspringfield.org. And as always, as we explore the Bible together, if you have a theological question that you'd like answered on our podcast, send the question to podcast at gbcspringfield.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless you.